Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yeah. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yeah. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yeah. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yeah. yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yeah. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to mine? Yeah. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yeah. Have time to wait?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright you going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Shalom and good morning. Uh, welcome once again to another episode of uh, ISBHPK Presents Friday Talk. Uh, today is uh, supposed to be talked about Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, uh, November 1st, 2022. But um, Tessa had some uh, other errands. He had, he had to take care of today. Him and his, his um, uh, his wife, his helper, his aide, his helpmate, um, how to die there. They have some things to share uh, this morning. So um, I'm, I'm putting in for this this edition of ISBHBK Bible Talk Tuesday. All right. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's not too disappointing to everybody because um, Pastor does one heck of a job uh, in, in preparation and in delivery of, of, uh, every Tuesday that he comes across. Very well prepared, very very uh, very well um, uh, documented, and bringing out his information. But it's the uh, the the news uh, and current events, and then going into the topics. He's, he's doing one one heck of a job. Um, I, I I can't say enough. I can't say enough. Uh, so shalom, shalom. It, it is me, Mashaba. Um, uh, again, we are part of the ISBHPK. The Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge with locations in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, Melbourne, Virginia, and Rochester, New York. Um, with plans on reviving the, the school again in Albuquerque um, under the ISBHPK. Uh, that's not to say that there's not brothers that teach in Albuquerque. Uh, you got the brother Aisha um, Wadiva, it, it's still there. You got the brother Nathan, uh, uh, who was who with the uh, IUIC. They do gather together every Sabbath. So you're not without um, teaching uh, within the actual city of Albuquerque. Um, I mean, one day we, we was at the flea market, and this was some uh, brothers from uh, GMS uh, out there in, in Albuquerque. Um, I'm not sure where they, where they congregate, but they're definitely there. And Sakari. Um, Sakari had, had, had a couple brothers that were teaching on the street corner in, uh, on Central. Matter of fact, Central and what was that, like Louisiana? A little, little bit lower, like Central Cemetery, um, uh, out there, actually, she teaches there in Albuquerque as well. So, um, one to be, but one to be those servants, one to be those students, um, that when the Lord comes back, uh, we might find, be found so doing, all right, that we want to be found in the vineyard, uh, working. Uh, getting things together. Uh, as you know, we have ISBHPK uh, YouTube channels, uh, whether it's ISBHPK San Antonio on, on YouTube, ISBHPK Houston, uh, ISBHPK Virginia, uh, as well as the, the Hidden Truth, um, uh, the, the Hidden Truth uh, uh, Bible Show, I guess, I guess you want to call it, uh, the Five Minutes of Wisdom, uh, the Hebrew Islam Media, uh, Media Group, that the, the the teaching is, is definitely uh, uh, continuing and spreading and, and going out 
So we have different media uh, platforms that you can definitely uh, reach out and connect with us, right? Um, so with that, with that, uh, I, I do kind of want to continue with, um, a continuation of yesterday's class. Wow, this is this is a trip. I've I've been up since like three o'clock this this morning, and I've had no problems. All of a sudden, now I, I get here um, into the class. All of a sudden, I'm getting here with the 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 the, 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 the yawners. <laughs> I'm getting here with the yawn. Cool. So I do want to continue uh, yesterday's class. Um, yesterday we was going over. Um, how we want to make sure that we're doing things that are right in the eyes of the Lord, that we want to do things that are right from, through his eyes, from how he's looking at, how the Lord is looking at things. And we think I left out with some examples um, of David, Asa, Jehu, Jehoshaphat, how they, these men, uh, it, was, it had to be noted in the Bible that, that these men were doing the things that were right in the eyes of the Lord. And we, we touched a little bit on even David uh, and doing things that was right with the Lord, especially when it came to, to his dealings with Saul. Um, King Saul being being very jealous. King Saul being very envious of, of David. Um, even to the point where King Saul was trying to kill David and, and, and chase him for about 20 years, um, persecuting, taunting, uh, mocking, um, uh, afflicting, slandering uh, David's name, and how David uh, kept his patience. Da- David, David um, understood that Saul had been set up by, by the Most High, and that it was going to be the Most High that was going to bring Saul out of power, that was going to deal justly with Saul. That it was not for David to take matters in his own hands and do what seemed right to David, and again, with David being the warrior, David being a, a a protector and being a shepherd that he was very, you know, uh, he understood about defending the weak, uh, defending the, the, the helpless and being a shepherd. That, that, that's what his training was when uh, he was anointed king to protect those who can't defend themselves. Um, it, even as far as uh, reading about David killing the lion uh, that was trying to uh, attack the sheep and, uh, and a bear. Uh, they tried to kill the they were trying to kill the sheep that he was that he was commissioned to look after uh, and uphold his duty. So David David was not was not uh, a coward by any sense of the uh, of, of the term. He was not um, um, uh, built of fear that he was afraid to confront um, uh, a big opponent, uh, so uh, a, a prestigious, a dignified opponent as, as in Saul. Uh, and David was very capable. If you can, if you can kill a lion and, and you know, put the sheep out of a bear's mouth, you you have some skills. Now, you definitely have some skills. Uh, and for Saul to be persecuting David the way he was, and for David to, to not take matters in his own hands, um, even for David to hide in the cave that he was hiding in uh, and fleeing from Saul, David and uh, two or three of his mighty men, that for Saul to come into the same cave that David had been hiding in uh, and fall asleep defenseless. Um, and for the, the, the men that were with David 
for them to be hanging David on. That this the most high giving you Saul. Take matters to your own hands. Do something to him. Get him. How, how, what, what, what better circumstances could there be that the same cave you're hiding in, David, from this man trying to come and kill you and looking for you, that he comes to the same cave you're hiding in? And he's defenseless. This has got to be a gift from God. God must want you to do it. And for David to, to have that, that, that warfare uh, in his mind of, yeah, let me go ahead and do this. Yeah, let me go ahead and, and take, take Saul out. Um, yeah, it, it seems right to me to go ahead and do something to him. But then he went ahead and just cut a piece, uh, piece of, David, of, of Saul's garment instead of actually killing Saul. And for Saul to wake up the next morning and uh, go outside the cave, and David comes out of the cave with the piece of the garment in his hand and to, let, to let Saul know, to even apologize to Saul, to apologize that he, he dare raise his hand to the king, the one that God had chosen to be the king of Israel, that, you know, he apologized for that. Um, and said, you know, let, let God judge between me and you who's righteous. Let God judge. Let God be the judge. It's not for me to, to, to take matters in my, in my own hands. So it was from those type of deeds and things like that that we see where, where David did those things that were right in the eyes of the Lord and the time they did those things that were right in the eyes of God. Um, and, 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 and taking a chance and taking a minute to, to, to dial back from, your own, from his own emotions, from his own feelings, from even his own nature, um, and to now be considerate, uh, to be thoughtful, to be circumspect of, who, of the Most High, and not, not to be in such a, a, a rush to follow his, his own feelings. Not to be in, in, in such a, uh, 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 I don't want to say a desperate state, but being in such a, play, a, a, a mindset of that he was feeling it. Um, it was something that he really wanted to do. He had the opportunity to do it, but he chose not to. He took the choice not to in order to please the most high, in order to do that what was right in the eyes of the father. You know, again, you have the men that were with you. Are, are, are pushing the facts. Get him. Uh, that couple with, with your own feelings of uh, um, all they ever try to do is help. Um, I haven't done nothing to this man. Um, this man has done many, many uh, grievous things to me. Uh, he, uh, when he promised, promised me his daughter, um, if I got the, the, the 54 skins of my enemies, I mean, he would have to kill his enemies in order to collect their foreskins. Of 50, of 50 enemies, and they brought back 104 skins. He doubled what Saul was 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 uh, um, asking for, and then for in 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 in, in, in a little bit of time, Saul took back his daughter, and gave, gave her to another man. That just a lot of things that 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 will make a person be so bloodlusted for revenge, to be so so angry, to be so frustrated, to be so um, in such a, a fury, or such a rage, uh, to be in such a fury or such a rage that 
it almost, it would seem justifiable to follow your own feelings. It would seem justifiable to to uh uh let your emotions, let your passion, let your uh your thoughts control. And David didn't. And we see where David didn't do that. And we made an example of of, of uh, within David's lineage, uh, from Asas to Josephat to to Jehu, that there was, there was others who who made sure that they did those things that were right in the eyes of God. Uh, uh, again, uh, looking at things and 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 understanding from from God's point of view that we can't be tested, um, not tempted, but we can be tested. That God can test to see where our hearts is at. That God is is not above. Um, seeing what choice do we make? Remember, he told Moses to, to tell us, um, I said before you this day, life and death. Choose, you, choose what you want. Life, if you obey my commandments, death if you don't. And we know from uh, Romans uh, was it, 2.23 that the wages of sin is death. That if we choose sin, that is death. All right? not, not only just from from uh, teaching from the immortality um, that was that that was we were first created in from the very beginning, but now we're killing the relationship between us and the Father. That when we choose sin, when we choose to do those things that God does not like, when we choose to do those, those things that God hates, um, that we have, we we destroy the relationship. That we put a, we put a, we we destroy that relationship. Uh, to the point where God will, will get to the point where he'll ignore us. Um, on that note, just real quick, when we go to Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll start verse 20. Um, when we get to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, it says, and it, mind you, brothers and sisters, this is the first, this is within the first chapter of the book of Proverbs. Now everybody knows that the book of Proverbs, like, uh, Proverbs, um, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, Song of Solomon, uh, Psalms, and, and Ecclesiastes or Syriac in the Bible, these are books of wisdom. All right? these, these are books of wisdom. So here we're seeing that within the first chapter, of the book of Proverbs. And you would think that even though, well, you would think that, that people would have, would have at least read this. It's the very first chapter of the book of Proverbs. That, that even if you had uh, um, some of those Bibles where you only had the Old Testament, but they wouldn't even give you the New Testament. But and give me the, I'm sorry, they give you the New Testament, not the Old Testament. Forgive me. They give you the New Testament, not the Old Testament, except for Proverbs and Psalms. That this is something that would have been read. But let's go ahead and read it. You know, in Proverbs chapter 1, 7, verse 20, it says, Wisdom cries without. She utters, she utters her voice in the streets. That if we just look at, at, at America, I'm going to say it like that. If we look throughout the streets of America, um, we can see God's wisdom is crying without. We can look at, at the school shootings. We can look at the homelessness. We can look at the dysfunctional families. We can look at, at the, um, the, the pandemics of not just the coronavirus. 
really uh, the pandemics of the, the drug abuse, the drug addictions, uh, from, uh, from heroin to, to cocaine to crack to ice to uh, uh, fentanyl to black tar, the, the, the black tar heroin. Um, we can look and see that wisdom right without. We can see how many people are dying from, from cancer, um, uh, from, from smoking. We can look at, 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 at the sexually transmitted diseases that continue to get passed around um, from, from, from uh, crabs to syphilis to gonorrhea to chlamydia to, to, uh, to herpes to HIV. We can see all this. We, look, we can see that, that God's wisdom will tell you, don't do these things. That, that it cries aloud that it, it's easy to, if you stop for a second and look, it'd be easy to see a lot of these things is wrong. And that it, it, it'd be wisdom not to do certain actions. All right? Again, if you just take smoking or vaping, what's the first thing the body does when you inhale smoke? The very first time, your body chokes. Your body chokes. So, so it, your body is rejecting what you introduced to it. You would think that that would be enough wisdom right there. That is the first time you inhale this substance, you choke, then don't do it. You would think that that wisdom, that would be wisdom that's crying aloud, that, that you have to stop for a second, um, that, that that's wrong. That that is wrong. The, the processed foods that we eat, all the fast food restaurants um, are the processed foods. To look at the, the, the obesity rates, um, the, diabe- the diabetes rates, the high blood pressure rates that we have, you, you think that if we stop for a second, you will see that wisdom is crying. God's wisdom is crying out. It's shouting out. It's loud. Looking in the streets. That is, it, it's obvious. You would think, you would think, and then you got also um, uh, the brothers out, out that are street evangelizing uh, in, 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 the, in the streets of, of, of America, uh, uh, in Calacab, down in Guatemala, um, <clears throat> uh, from IUIC, um over in Africa, in, in, in England, Europe, Haiti, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, um, uh, Sakari down in Mexico. Um, uh, the, the House of David over in India, the House of David over in, in um, uh, I believe also in Hawaii, um, that the street evangelizing that, that's taking place and going on, that God's wisdom is crying without trying to let people know. That is, it, it, it's really, if you stop what's saying, get out your feelings for just a minute. Get out of the, your, the passions and the traditions and the customs that we become so accustomed to, that we that we become so 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 uh, uh, practiced in, that all these things are wrong. That all these type of things are wrong. So in Proverbs chapter one verse twenty it says, "Wisdom cries without; she utters her voice in the streets." Verse twenty one. <clears throat> she cries. In the chief places of concourse, in the opening of the of the gates of the city, um, she utters her, her words, saying, 
How wrong you simple ones will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. That God's wisdom is crying without. And asking how long you how long you simple ones will you love simplicity? You know, I'm just going back to the the, the old movie Forrest Gump, where it, you know, stupid is a stupid does. That how are we going to keep doing this, the stupid things that we keep doing? And when it affects our health, the way it affects our health, when it affects our families and our children and our wives and our husbands, that, that our action and things that we do affects us the way it does, the dysfunction that we have. Um, that why do, we, why do we continue in these same patterns? Why do we continue in these same attitudes? Why do we continue in these same behaviors that don't work? How long are we going to love simplicity? How long are we going to love doing the wrong thing, being stupid? Uh, and it says, and the scorners delight in their scorning. And people delight. A scorner is somebody who rejects knowledge. A scorner is somebody who rejects knowledge. How long are we going to continue to, uh, instead of scorner, delight in scorning? They delight in, in, in just being opposite. A scorner, even with all the wisdom that's out here, um, you got cancer. Uh, and you won't stop smoking. And people are telling you, you know that's killing you. You know there goes another nail in your coffin. And the, a, a scorn will be somebody like, well, it's my body. I can do what I want. Um, uh, you can't judge me. I'm a grown. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown. I'm a grown person. Yeah, but you're killing yourself. And now, for your loved ones and the people that you leave behind. They got to see you waste away and deteriorate. They got to watch you suffer and literally dry up like a prune. Dry up like a raisin. But what's going on is, I'm not going to listen to what y'all are saying. It's my body. I'm, 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 I'm grown. I can do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. And a person delights in scorning. They delight in being opposite. They delight in in in, in their so-called liberty. They delight in their so-called uh, liberalism. They delight in that. Regardless of, of 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 all the commercials, all the TV, and all the warnings that drugs are bad, cigarettes are bad, um, uh, pork is bad, processed meat is bad. In light of all this, it's still a scorning delight in scorning. I'm going to do what I like. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to listen to that. You're not going to judge me. You're not going to tell me anything. That's a scorner, and the scripture is telling us that a scorner delights in they delight in being that way. Um, they like they delight in being opposite to either get the reaction out of people or just just to to make this, this stand that they're not going to let nobody control them. So a uh, scorning delights in scorning, and it says, and fools hate knowledge. A fool hates for somebody to teach him something that he don't know. A fool hates to look like a fool. So they're going to reject and fight um, uh, some of the most ridiculous arguments, uh, get into some of the most ridiculous debates, 
just so they can try and show that they got some type of smarts, try and show that they got some type of wisdom, or they have some type of justification for doing the things that they do, the things that we do. It says, a fool hates knowledge. Verse 23, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And I've, I've always loved this scripture here, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, that if you're dealing with the spirit of the Lord, if you're truly dealing with God's spirit, the spirit of the Lord, this scripture right here explains how you know you're dealing with the spirit of God. That God says, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You want to, if you're hearing God, when God sends his spirit to you, he's sending his words to you. You'll be able to go and find his words in the Bible. You'll be able to go back and find where God said, do this, God said, do that. Not an, uh, uh, somebody we look up to. Not somebody that I admire. Not somebody who, 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 who kind of thinks the same way I think. God is, giving you, God is revealing his spirit to us by giving us his words, by giving us the understanding of these scriptures. That's, that's one way that's a, a self-check for a person to know, am I really in the spirit? Am I really following God's spirit? Am I following the instructions that the Bible gives? Or am I still leaning to my own understanding? And what's crazy is... There's a lot of people that will still lean on their own understanding, even dealing with God's spirit, even dealing with the words of, 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 of the Father. That's the scary thing. But uh, verse 23, once, once again, turning up my reproof. And what is reproof? Correction. That when coming and dealing with the Father, we understand that there's going to be a lot of things shown to us that we've been doing wrong. There's going to be a lot of things that, the, that when we start dealing with God's spirit and God's words are really coming to us, the scriptures are really coming to us, it's going to reveal that we've been doing a lot of things wrong. When it comes to doing things right in the eyes of God or doing things right in the eyes of our, ourselves, right in the eyes of, 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 of society, right in the eyes of, of a church, right in the eyes of, of family traditions, that when it comes now to start doing things right in the eyes of the Father, Start doing things right in the eyes of God that that wouldn't be wrong. But it says, with that being revealed to us, just turn. That now that God is showing us the right way, His way, then turn. Another word for turn: repent, change. Now God is giving us His word. God is now giving us His Spirit. Now somebody showed me in the scriptures, I'm wrong based on God's righteousness, based on how God sees things and based on how God does things. I've been doing things wrong. So as I'm being reproved, I'm being corrected, just turn. And I'll start doing the right way. Again, the right way being God's way, not just the way I agree with, not just the way that, 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 that I accept, but let me start doing it God's way, the right way. 
by reading on. Verse 23, turn you my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That verse 24. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched up my hand and no man regarded. That again, even going back to some of the family traditions that we hold on to, like yesterday being, being Halloween, that a lot of us celebrate these things and, and observe these things, and we don't know why we do it. Just because everybody else is doing it. Just because everybody else is doing it, that's what we're going to do it. That we're going to set up the, 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 the fake cobwebs um, uh, uh, in the yard, set up this big giant spider or a big giant pumpkin. Um, uh, and we're going to make sure we have a, a Halloween party with the jungle juice. Uh, where we, we're just mixing all the liquors we can find in a, in a big container um, and just getting blissed out of our mind. But well, and 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 towards some type of of, of uh, I don't want to say an orgy, but some type of a pleasure. I'll I'll leave PG like that. That and there might be the family traditions of now getting ready for for Thanksgiving. Um. Uh. In, in preparation of getting ready for, for, for Christmas, that there's a lot of traditions and a lot of things that we, that we hold on to that God is calling, but we refuse. It says, I have stretched out my hand uh, and no man regard it. For, for a lot of people who, who might be caught, who, you know, children, teenagers, young adults, that might be caught into things like vaping uh, these days. You got a family of people who were who smoked who, you know, have died of cancer, uh, emphysema. Uh, you might have friends that are uh, at funerals that your friends are actually dying from the drug use. Uh, they're actually dying from the, the, the alcohol abuse uh, and car accidents or, or, or overdosing or whatever it might be. And instead of that being the wake-up call that God is saying this ain't good, as the Father is letting it be known, this is the wrong thing to be doing. That still won't be enough for a person that will still want to change. There'll be things like that where a person will still, I'm going to do me. Even though there's so many examples all around to let it be known that God is not accept this. God is not with this. And it says, because I have called and uh, you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Verse 25. But ye have set at not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. Therefore, all, everything that's going on around us, uh, of God letting it be, known, be, be evident, and what, and what should be a common sense, but, you know, like, like the old saying goes, common, uh, common sense ain't really common. That you would think that, that just observing a lot of behaviors and a lot of things that, that people do, it's, it's wrong. It's totally wrong. If, if I look at, at same-sex marriages, how can you reproduce? How can you reproduce? Every organism on the planet Earth is, is born and then strives to reproduce before dying. Every single organism on the planet Earth that, 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 that's his life in a nutshell. 
to be born, be created, or what have you, to reproduce, and then die. In a same-sex marriage, how can you reproduce? That would seem obvious. That would seem obvious. It would seem obvious that if a person is born uh, physically a male, you're meant to be a male. But some of the thought comes in the mind of I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Doesn't common sense tell you that you were born a man? Doesn't the fact that you have to go and take now extra uh, female hormones Wouldn't that be an obvious sign that you weren't meant to be a woman? And the same thing for a man, a woman who wants to be a man? Doesn't that seem obvious? But to a lot of people, it doesn't. To a lot of people, it doesn't. So we go on. It says, but you have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when you fear coming. So understand how God how God does things. He, he's saying plain simply right here, I will laugh at your calamity. That in spite of all the warnings that the Father gives and showing his wisdom. And, and, and get, let it be known that the, the choices and the attitudes and the behaviors that we choose is wrong. That now when it leads to trouble, when it leads to some type of calamity, God's saying he's laughing now. God says he's laughing now. I will, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. That now, for, in spite of all the warnings that, that, that surround us, Everywhere and, every, and everything that, 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 that's in our lives, and we refuse to listen, that we, we delight in being scorners, we delight in being opposites, we, we delight in doing the things that we, that we want and not want to see things through God's perspective, through the Creator's perspective. He says, I will mock when your fear comes. That at the time we thought we were secure, at the time that we were really justifying our actions, at the time, we're really justifying um, our, our feelings, our actions, uh, our deeds, our behavior, and we justified it, that for, for the way I grew up, um, the way I've been through, uh, the, just the way I feel, my opinion, uh, whatever it might be, that being stuck in that, and, and a person gets to the point where they feel secure, that they've been able to justify their actions, justify their, their, their words, justify what they're doing, that the end game of that is your, when your fear comes upon you. That for what you thought was going to be your security, what you thought was going to be your protection, what you thought w- w- that your foundation was established on, when it gets shook, when it gets rocked, there's going to be some fear. And when that fear hits, because it's not of the most high, the father saying he's going to mock. This sounds crazy, don't it? Reading on, uh, verse 27. 
when your fear comes as as desolation and your destruction cometh uh, as a whirlwind, when uh, distress and anguish come upon you, that God can be giving his wisdom all day long, and we refuse to listen. We refuse to observe. Yeah, we'll get, we refuse to see it through God's eyes from his, his perspective, his judgment, from God's opinion. And we steadily want to keep forcing our own opinion the way we see it, the way we feel. We do that with other people. And, and, and um, that's why, you know, even James, the fourth chapter, verse, starting at verse 1, the question is asked, where do wars come from among us? Can they not even from your lust that war one against another? There's a reason we have war. I'm not talking about like the, the Ukrainian war or Vietnam war or, or World War One, Two, or Three. I'm talking about you know the the, the conflicts uh, that we have amongst each other as people. That most of the times that it is only by pride uh, coming strife and contention, only because of pride. Nobody wants to humble down. Nobody wants to take low. Everybody wants to push and force their own opinion, their way of seeing it. That's where the wars come from. That's where the conflicts and arguments and, and debates come from. That I want to push what I think is right. You're going to push what you think is right. So we're just, just like, you know, cram. Cram. We're, we're just butting heads. I'm going to do it my way. You're going to do it your way. And now we're going to war because you're not submitting to my way of doing things. And I'm not submitting to your way of doing things. And now it's about uh, you got to see I'm right. You got to see I'm right. You got to see I'm right. Well, we, we do the same thing with the Father. It says, when your fear cometh uh, as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, um, when distress and anguish come upon you, um, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me, seek me uh, early, but I shall not, uh, but they shall not find me. This is what God's got to point out. He's ignoring. He's ignoring now because all the warnings have been there. All the wisdom has been there. We know from the scriptures that, that in Job chapter 32, I believe it is, if I'm a corner popper, that, that God speaks once yet twice. That, that before things happen, God lets the person know. The, the signs be there. The warnings be there. But it says in First Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 14, that the natural man, the carnal man, the person who is only caught to his way of seeing things, his way of how he feels, um, uh, his opinion, won't pick up on the things that God's talking about will not hear or perceive that it's God speaking to them. They're, they're only stuck on stupid. They're only stuck in making sure that they're heard, their opinions heard. It, it, uh, they got the last say. Um, it's their perspective. But then when the trouble and, and, and the stress and the anguish set in, God's saying, I'm not going to be there. Because when I was trying to call you and warn you before it got to this point, you didn't want to listen. You didn't want to listen. Let 
because of the stress and anguish and everything got here, God was been trying to warn us, but we didn't want to listen. Now the, the trouble and the anguish and the stress is here, the fear is here. He's like, deal with it now. Verse 29, for that, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. See, see that word right there? Choose. Choose. We did not choose the fear of the Lord. We don't choose to respect God and be God wants to be respected. We don't choose to serve God the way he wants to be served. We, like Cain, want to bring what we feel is right, what we feel is, is good, what we feel is viable, what we feel is correct. And we want to offer that to God, and God has no respect for it. The Father has no respect for it. We won't study. We won't counsel. We won't communicate with us because we don't want nobody to tell us that we're wrong. We're going to have itching ears, like, like I said uh, uh, in New Testament, we're going to have itching ears that we're itching to find somebody that's going to agree with our opinion, that's going to agree with how I see things. And I'm not going to let somebody tell me that I'm wrong. Reading on, it says, for that they hated knowledge. I did not choose the fear of the Lord. That was First uh, Corinthians chapter one. I'm glad. That was Proverbs chapter one, verse twenty-nine, verse thirty. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, so they eat of the fruit of their own way, and uh, and be filled with their own devices. That you know, and, and to paraphrase, what verse? Uh, what they want to say is, cool, you made this bed and I lie in it. You put this together. You didn't follow, we didn't follow another God's direction or instructions. Now that, that, that it, 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 it's a, uh, going back to the old military uh, uh, thing, it's FUBAR. Uh, F up beyond all repair. FUBAR is an acronym. And now we're screaming to God, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Whereas God had been trying to warn us before it got to this point. And we were headstrong. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it by how I feel. And it, even to the point where he can show some people scriptures and they're still like, nah, uh-uh, I, I'm not with that. I, I, uh, you know, I got to wait. I check with my pastor. Um, uh, that, that, that's your interpretation of that scripture. You're twisting the scriptures. What's being twisted about what, this, what the scripture says? It's in black and white. But because it goes against our, our, our own personal feelings, our own personal opinions, we'll take it as an attack. So then, as a natural man, as a carnal man, 
I got to be, I got to react back. I got to attack back. You're telling me that I'm wrong and I'm offended. So now I got to, I'm going to react and find some type of way to offend you. You show me the scriptures, show me God's way. And I feel disrespected. I feel hurt. So I got to come back and, and disrespect and hurt you. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be told that how I'm looking at things, this is not how God looks at things the same way. How I'm perceiving what's going on, I don't want somebody to tell me that, no, God does not perceive it the same way. That for it to be my own intuition, for it to be my own suspicion, for it to be my own thinking, I'm not going to let you tell me or show me that God doesn't agree with the same thing. Verse 31 again, therefore, so they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. A device is something that you create, your own invention. That's what you invented. That's what you put together. To give me an example, to give a, a biblical example. Was it God's plan or was it God's idea for, for Abraham to, to have sex with Hagar, Sarah's handmaid, to have Ishmael? Was that God's plan? No. That was not God's plan. That's something Sarah and Abraham came up with. You know where Abraham went and asked the Lord if that, if that was proper? Sarah came to him after all that time, lunch the time, and be like, I, 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 I can't get pregnant. Here, take Hagar, get her pregnant, and then that'll be, I'll, I'll, that'll be me giving you a, a child. You know where Abraham went and inquired of the Lord to see if that was proper? We don't believe that Abraham said, hold up, you know, that's not a good idea, but hold up. Let me check with, with, with the father first, see what his plan is, because he, he promised me that I'm going to be a father of a multitude. He promised me I'm, I'm going to be the father of many nations. So let, let me check with the father. Let me inquire of the father. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me see if that's the right thing to do. We don't believe where Abraham did that. So Abraham gets Hagar pregnant. She has Ishmael. Then all of a sudden now Sarah's like, get rid of them. Then Abraham went and asked the father what, what to do. And he was like, listen to, li- listen, listen to her. But from the, from the jump, did all that drama have to happen? No, and what I'm trying to give an example of is how people will do things and think that just because it happened that God wanted it to happen. People will come up with their own inventions and their own way of doing things, and we've got this notion, this really silly, unbiblical notion that just because it happened that that was God's plan. No. 
God's plan, to give me another example, God's plan for the beginning was what? Be fruitful and multiply. That was God's plan from the beginning. This, this idea of homosexuality, same-sex marriages, that's not of God. That is not of God. Those are the type of decisions and choices and inventions that people come up with. But somehow we got this notion that, that I'm born this way. God must want me to be this way. How is that when God said from the beginning, be fruitful and multiply? What do you need to be fruitful and multiply? Uh, a, a female and a male. Amongst trees, you, you, you need those genetic markers. Among animals, you need those genetic markers. Among humans, you need those genetic markers, a male and a female. So we come up with our, we come up with our own inventions. We come up with our own decisions. And then the end result is anguish, despair, danger, fear. But somehow we want to attribute this, God must have wanted this to happen. Because if God didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't happen. No, God gave us, this is one thing everybody keeps forgetting. God gave us free will to choose to do things his way and choose, or choose not to. Remember, from Genesis, the first chapter, the very first book of the Bible, brothers and sisters, we can't forget, I mean, it, it, it's right there. After God made everything, he saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. We are the ones that want to get wiser than God now. We're the ones that, that want to seek some deeper knowledge, some higher plane of education, some higher plane of being. But there's got to be more to it. And then we invent a lot of madness. We invent a lot of things <coughs> that wind up coming back hurting us and biting us in, in, in uh in the ass. That come back and affect us because of our decision, because of our choices. Not because that's what God wanted. And we we still keep pushing this thing that it's almost like when we go when we go back and read, we're not gonna do it do it today. It's almost like remember when Adam and Eve went ahead and, and partook of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember, it wasn't no apple. There wasn't no apple that they ate. You, find that, you don't find that nowhere um, in, in, in the telling of the, the history of, of Adam and Eve that it was an apple. But it partook of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. They partook in, in, in what God, in knowledge, God calls evil. The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, do, do we... Do, this is not alone. Do we listen? Do we read? How is it that we were able to insert that an apple was there in the garden, 
but we miss the part about the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> How is it that we miss that? Somehow we insert that they ate an apple, and now the focus becomes the apple, but we lose the whole point of partaking in the knowledge of good and evil. Choices. Adam and Eve had a choice. We we partake in the knowledge of good, oh, or and we were so don't don't go there, stay with the good. But then we had to partake in the knowledge of evil. Something that, that now was above God. Some information or a way of doing things that was above the, the direction, the pattern, the way that God said go. The way that God said was right. And for partaking in the knowledge of good and evil, what was the end result for Adam and Eve when it came to the Garden of Paradise? The Garden of Eden. They were expelled from the from paradise of what God called good. They didn't want to partake and keep doing what God considered to be good. What was the end result? If God's good ain't good enough for you, you got to go. If what God says is good, but that's not good enough for you, then now we're going to choose something else, knowledge above what God calls good. Then we have to go. I'm going to choose some knowledge that God calls evil. But if we're not, if we're not, if we're not, if we're not, if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, God calls knowledge evil. But when when the same knowledge was presented to Eve, she she considered it to be what wise. She considered it to be what wisdom. Then now God's knowledge of what God calls good wasn't good enough. There was some a greater wisdom. There was something greater than than what God calls good. There was something more advanced, more deeper, more higher, more more um uh more intelligent, more convenient, more wise than God's knowledge. And from the very beginning, that's what was chosen, to choose the knowledge of what God calls evil and not choose the knowledge of what God calls good. So now we're in, and to come back now to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 31, it says, therefore, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Now we're being filled with the things that we came up with. Do we really think God invented cigarettes? No. 
God didn't invent no damn cigarettes. But somebody thought it was wisdom to take the tobacco leaf, um, uh, roll it up, smoke it, and inhale it. And now, again, when the cancers come up, when the health effects, your health starts to start to get affected from, from this type of behavior, for choosing this type of knowledge, you're choosing this type of behavior. We're wondering, uh, uh, do we really think that that's what God's plan was? And unfortunately, that, that's what a lot of people do think. You know the mentality that, that, we, that we take on a lot of times, brothers and sisters? The mentality that we take on is, well, if God didn't want me to do, have this, then why did he make it feel so good? If God didn't want me to have it, then why did he make it accessible to me? If God didn't want me to have it. We'll, we'll come back and we'll justify our own inventions as, and want to give that to God as if that's giving God glory. Can, can, can I ask a question? Can I pose a question, brothers and sisters? What do, can, can we really, in all honesty, what would really give God more glory? To obey his commandments or choose to do something he says is evil and then say, well, God must want me to have it because I'm giving God the glory. What, 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 what would really be giving God the glory? Obeying him and respecting what he says to be good and to do things his way? Or I'm going to come up with my own invention. I'm going to come up with what I think is right. I'm going to come up with my way of doing things. Then when it goes wrong, I'm giving God the glory. So God must have wanted it to happen. Wouldn't it not really seem, seem, seem a better way to give God glory is to do things his way? Wouldn't that really be a better way of giving God the glory? Instead of now we're being filled with our own devices and continuing in a mentality of, if God didn't want me to have it, then why did he give it to me? You know, why did he make it available? You know, why did he make it feel so good? That's giving God the glory? That's giving God praise? Nah. Verse, uh, verse 32. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. 
It says, for, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. That when, when a fool is prospering in what he thinks, in, in, in his scorning, when a fool thinks that his way of doing things as backward to the most size it might seem, that he's getting away with it, it's going to wind up destroying a fool. That a person can have success in what they come up with. They can have that, you know, they say, um, um, not all money is good money. That just because you get it right now doesn't mean in the long run that that's really going to be there for you. Just because it seems like you get away with something right now or you get something that pleases the senses right now, in the long run, hey, it might not be what you thought it was. It might not be what you thought it was. But you, you did something to please the senses right here and right now, and you came up with your own device. You came up with your own invention. You came up with something that you put together. That wasn't from the most high. Verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and and shall be quiet from fear of evil. We have to listen to God. We have to hear his words and then do his words. We have to consider his way of doing things. And unfortunately, a lot, a lot of us, we, we, we have it and we don't. We get caught up into the crowd. And we, we, get, we get caught up into our own opinions. Now, with that, let's go ahead and go to Isaiah chapter 55. And we're going to read verses 6 through 9. Let me pull up on my, on my big screen here. All right, so now, brothers and with that, <clears throat> I'm going to use that as a segue uh, to... Uh, for us to go now to Isaiah chapter 55, we're going to start at verse 6. Isaiah chapter 55, now we're going to start at verse 6. And this is what it reads now. And keeping in mind what, what, what we've just been going over, uh, uh, including what we was going over with yesterday's class, that are we doing things right from God's perspective? Are we doing things right in the eyes of the Lord? Are we doing things from what God, are we doing the things that God calls right? Or are we choosing to follow our, our own inventions? Are we choosing to follow our own devices? Are we choosing to follow the things that we come up with? Or are we choosing to follow how God wants things done? What God calls good? Or are we going by the definition of good from what from the people we associate ourselves with, from the society that we might be in, from the things that just give us a particular pleasure? Are we really doing the things that please God? Are we really looking for those things that, that, that are right in the eyes of God? So with that, in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6, Isaiah chapter 55 now and verse 6, 
And it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him uh, when he is near. Are we seeking to do things according to God's righteousness? You know, if you lose your keys, you, you, you'll seek for them, right? If you lose your phone, you seek for it. You're going, you're going to go look for it. I'm, I'm curious. What does the word seek mean? The scripture said that, 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 that uh, the wicked accomplish a diligent search. Yeah, if you're looking for wickedness, you'll find it. That if some a person really want, they, they'll, they'll seek for it. They're going to get find a way to get it. Find a way to get it done. So, are we seeking the Lord's way of doing things? Are we seeking to do the things that God says? This is good. This is good. This is bad. Stay away from this. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, that for all the wisdom and all the science and all the things that God leaves around us evidently clear, abundantly clear, are we seeking to do things his way while he may be found? Before it gets to the point where now he can start ignoring because we've been ignoring. Are we seeking to do it God's way? Are we seeking to, to, to are, we going, are, we, are, we, are we counseling? Are we communicating? Are we letting somebody reprove our thoughts if our thoughts are wrong? Are we letting somebody um, uh, um, show us God's way of doing things? Or are we stuck on stupid? I'm stuck on what I think is right, what I feel is right. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Because God will get to the point where he's, he's, he's ignoring. Seek. Um, a verb, um, past, uh, past possible, um, sought, uh, uh, pronounced uh, uh, sought. Um, from the Latin word um, sequer, uh, to follow. Uh, for to seek is to go to go after, and the primary sense is to advance, to press, to drive forward, uh, as in the Latin word, uh, pito. That is the one, to go in search uh, or quest of, uh, to look for, to search for, by going from place to place. Are, are, we, are we going from place, to, uh, making sure I'm doing things the way God wants me, am I seeking, am I searching for, am I on a quest? Um, this is number two, to inquire, I love this one, to inquire for, to ask for, to solicit, to endeavor, to find or gain by any means. So if I come back and I'm looking at the scripture, where's my arrow? Okay. And it says, seek ye the Lord. Am I inquiring of God? Just like the example I gave with Abraham. Did, God, did Abraham inquire of God whether it was a good idea to get Hagar pregnant? Did he seek God's advice? Did he seek God's counsel? When it came to Abraham, dealing with Hagar. When it came to Abraham having sex with Hagar. 
God had a plan for Sarah. For Sarah to be pregnant in her old age. God had a plan that she was going to be the father of a multitude. That, 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 not a multitude. That she was going to get pregnant. But it wasn't going to be in Abraham's time. It wasn't going to be in her time. It wasn't going to be in Abraham's time. It wasn't going to be in her time. Uh, time, uh, time frame. So do we read where Abraham went and inquired of God? Should he listen to his woman and go get Hagar pregnant? No, he didn't. Now, God didn't ignore him. God did not ignore Abraham when Abraham did inquire. Even Abraham was, was trying to trying to uh, get a, a blessing for Ishmael. God said, I'm going to bless him, but, but God already had a plan. Sarah is going to get pregnant, and your seed is going to be in Isaac, not in Ishmael. But did Abraham... Stop. Get out of his own head. Get out of, of Sarah getting inside his head. And go ask the Lord. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Not in that case. Not in that example. Not in, in, in that instance. So, Isaiah 55 or 6 says, Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. That that there, there's a time frame. There's a time frame. Verse seven. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Damn. Let the wicked forsake his way. Again, the wicked is what? That knowledge, that's not God's knowledge. That way of doing things, that has nothing to do with how God does things. That knowledge that God calls evil. That knowledge, that way of doing things, that God considers to be wrong. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts you're not doing things right when it comes to God it's right to you and our way of thinking and our way of putting things together we'll think it's right but have we went to seek of the Lord and we went to inquire of the Lord to see is this right should I do it this way should I look at things this way Again, I'm not saying that Abraham was wicked. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Abraham was wicked. But did Abraham use a little bit of patience, a little bit more patience? Did Abraham use a little bit more patience when a suggestion came to him to have sex with Hagar, to get her pregnant? 
in that instance, we see where, where Abraham didn't do that. There are plenty of, of, of cases where we see Abraham believed in God, and that was coming to him for righteousness. He believed God's word, and he followed God's word. He did exactly what God said the way God said do it. But in this case with Hagar, did Abraham listen to God? Did he inquire of God, is this the right thing to do before I do it? Isaiah chapter 55 or 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. Let me return back to do things. Let me go back to keep asking the Lord. Let me keep seeking. Let me give on that counsel of somebody who's going to give me scriptures. Show me this is the right way of doing it. Now, okay, you, 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 you have this idea, but you know what? When we go back in the scriptures, we see where people had, had the same type of idea, and this was the result of what happened in history. This is what happened in, in the past. This is what happened in the scriptures. You might want to rethink that. You might, that, that might not really be the right way of doing things. It's that in the most of the council, there's safety. Before you go run, run hog wild with that idea you got, you might want to slow your roll uh, or hold your mule. You know, because a mule, you know, for, for not just being stubborn, but for just charging. A horse, too. That's why you have to have the reins on the horse. So they'll just take off and then just, just go. And before you do that, hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. And the unrighteous man, his thought, reading on, and the unrighteous man, his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and, and, to, our, uh, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. All right, cool. You was doing it wrong, but now you're going to come back and do it the right way? Before it gets to the point where God's going to start ignoring us, God's full of mercy. Cool. You rethought it. You, 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 you thought about it before you did it. That's what God wants. Ain't that what any parent wants for their child? Before you do something stupid, think about it. Before you be talked into doing something really stupid, Think about it. What parent will be mad at, 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 at a child that they were thinking about doing something stupid, but then they rethought it and decided, nah, I, I'm not going to do this. Nah, I can't. I, nah. I know it's an old school movie. Remember Boys in the Hood? With Ice Cube and uh, uh, Cuba Gunning Jr.? Remember when uh, Ricky got, got shot and uh, uh, Trey went and got his dad's gun and got in the car with, uh, uh, with Ice Cube and they went looking for the, the guys that killed, uh, uh, killed Ricky and then uh, Trey, Omar Gooding's, uh, Cuba Gooding's uh, character was like, yo, though. Let me out. He still had Ricky's blood all over his clothes. He still had Ricky's blood all over his clothes, but he thought about it. And he got out the car. 
he wanted to go with his feelings. The, the anguish, the despair, the anger, the wanting revenge. Then he thought about it. I'm going to give you one example. But then he thought about it. Like, like, this ain't for me. I can't do this. I'm just using an, an, an example of you rethink. You, 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 your emotions can be, can be there. The feelings can be there. But before you act on it, you think. I know when it comes to my children, as I think, and, and I, I might be wrong, but, but I, I don't think I am, that all any parent wants, wants is that their children know how to make good decisions. That from all the, 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 the discipline, the training, the ass whoopings that a, a, a child might go through, that that's just for that child when they, when they get grown and become adults, that they now know how to make good decisions. They know how to, how, how to value, evaluate a situation and then be able to make a good decision. Not to make the right decision. This was the problem was for us. Now before you do something, did you seek did we seek the Lord to get God's judgment? God's opinion. But a lot of times we'll think that our, our own thoughts, our own passion, our own emotions, and that's all we'll see, like 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 a, a bull. That when a bull sees red, he has to charge. And how many times has that bull been seeing that red that, that that matador with that that red uh that red flag that leads to that bull's death? That you you so busy concentrating on the red. You don't see the sword behind, you don't see the, the sword that's about to end your life. You're stuck in your emotions. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. How how far how far how far does heaven reach above the earth? Well, that's how much that's how 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 much higher God's thoughts are than our thoughts here on earth. You know, when I was first uh, showing the scripture, when I first came to this knowledge, the 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 example that was given to me was think about an ant. Think about an ant in relation to uh, uh, a human being. If the average height of a human being, it will say it's five eight, we'll just figure it five foot eight inches, and you have an ant that's on the ground. How does the earth look? How do things look from the perspective of that ant? Compared to the perspective of how things look to that person who might be five foot eight inches tall, how much further, how much more distant, how much more of a bigger picture can be seen by that person that's five foot eight, as opposed to that ant that's just on the ground? 
the world and perspective of that ant is only what that ant can see in front of them. Whereas that human, who might be standing five foot eight inches tall, how much how much further can, can and how much more how much more of a bigger picture can that human see? In comparison to what the ant might be looking at and, and, and be confronted with or dealing with with the ant's perspective. And then you consider if you ever been in an airplane for that person who who might be of average height, you might be shorter, you might be taller. But for that person who's of average height, five foot eight, if, if it is five foot eight, you might be standing next to a, a, a eighteen wheeler truck. And how much how big does that eighteen wheeler truck seem to you standing there on the ground next to it? Well, you had to look up to see the top of this truck. A lot of people would be afraid to drive on a highway because of how big these 18 wheelers are. But then you, you might go to the top of a skyscraper. And now you're looking down at things from the top of a skyscraper. And now how, how much smaller does that truck look, that 18-wheeler truck with the trailer? It, it might be to the point where you can't even see humans. That if the 18-wheeler truck looks like a, a toy, a Hot Wheel truck, a Hot Wheel toy, a child's toy. In your That's what it, it, it looks like, the, the, that big-ass 18-wheeler truck that when you were standing next to it, it was huge. But you went to the, uh, a skyscraper, the observation deck of a skyscraper, and you look down, and you can see the truck, and it looks very small, where you can't even see human traffic. Now, in comparison to that ant that's on the ground, how much more of a perspective and, and, and of a big picture can that person see that's over that ant who might be standing at five or eight inches tall? And then now by the time you get to a top of a skyscraper and, and look down, whereas you know damn well you can't see the ant no more, to where from the top of a skyscraper you can't even see the uh, uh, the, you can't see humans. Now, get into an airplane. Get into an airplane. To an out, that's a skyscraper from an airplane height. Looks like
match? A matchstick? Now, consider the view. How much more of the earth, how much more can you see being in an airplane of the earth, of the landscape, of, 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 uh, of the environment? Can you now see from the airplane that you can see from being a, a, the observation deck of that skyscraper? Being standing on the ground at five foot eight inches tall to being that ant that's on the ground. And your perspective of things is going to be on a whole other level than those at, 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 at lesser height, right? Now, I consider that God says, now, as the heavens are higher than the earth, how, how high above the earth does heaven go? How high above the earth does outer space go? Well, that's God's perspective in relation or result to our perspective. Hopefully I painted that picture clear enough that a lot of things that of how we think and what seems like, and think about the, the ant, right? Let's go back to the, the example of the ant. You think at five foot eight inches, eight, eight inches tall, you ever kick, kick over, the, like you see anthill, small, small little anthill, small little anthill. You go in and, and disturb it, kick it. How crazy does a little black ant start, start running around? To them, all hell is breaking loose. They are running around frantic because the, the perception and uh, of what their world is it, their, their worldview has just been disturbed. But for you, saying at five foot eight. It ain't nothing. It, don't, it doesn't deserve you to now be running around frantic as if now your life has just been disrupted. Yeah, from, from your point of view, there's more to see. There's more to do. Compared to that ant, those ants on the ground. Look at things from an ant perspective. Look at things from an ant level. So here in Isaiah chapter 55, again, uh, verse 9, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's thoughts and God's way of looking at things, as much as we want to have God make sure he's looking at things from our perspective, from how we're looking at things, are we considering God's perspective? Do we, cons- do we stop for a minute and consider how God, what God considers to be righteous, and what we consider to be righteous, it really might be two different, it not might be, it's two different things. That God's perspective of the bigger picture reaches and stretches a lot further 
than what our perspective of the big picture might be. No different than that ant's perspective of the big picture is obviously going to be different from us, so on and so on. So with that, again, I'm trying to I'm trying to segue and couple all this in uh, with, with the classroom yesterday and things I've been trying to build up to a, to, to a point that we have to stop and 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 and, and, and not be so. Uh, stuck not be so uh, obstinate in our own opinion that we, we're trying to make God see and feel our opinion of what we would consider to be right what we would consider to be acceptable from our point of view, thinking that we see what God sees, or even to the point where now we'll question, God, don't you see what we're seeing? God, don't you see what I'm seeing and what I'm going through, God? That we, we really don't give ourselves that time or consider we look like those ants running around when, when, when the uh, ant hole gets disturbed that what we're panicking about and, and, and running around panicking about that, no God God has is, is got a much bigger picture and a much higher plane that he's trying to bring us to there's more to it But we, we have to we have to stop for a second, stop for a minute, so we can really be looking at things through God's eyes, looking at things and considering God's respect, God's opinion. All right, brothers and sisters, I need to take a. a, a a small intermission. Let me see that. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I only got 20 minutes left. So let me pull my notes back up. Hopefully I haven't lost everybody. Hopefully I haven't lost, lost everybody in, in, in what we're going over. Um, Let's go to Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 8 now. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 8. All right? If we consider that, that, that God's thoughts are that much higher than our thoughts and his perspective and, and what God calls right and looks at as right and proper and good, that we can't try and force God's perspective into our perspective and think that we know better and think that we have a greater knowledge, we have information, but we see things that God doesn't see, that we understand things on a higher level than what God thinks based on our, our, our feelings, our opinions, uh, and our own little, small, petty perspectives, all right? 
So now in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8, it says, the way of a man is forward and strange, but as for the pure, his work is right. Uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8. In God's eyes, the way of a man is forward and strange. The way we put things together is strange to God. That God says when he made everything, this is good, this is good, this is good. For whatever purpose he made it for, God had a plan and said it was good. We come up with things that are strange to God. That for God to say, to make them and everything, before, before he made man, he made everything and said it was good, we come up on the scene, and now all of a sudden now, we say, no, we need to, this, this creature needs to be doing this. Now, no, we need to change this. No, uh, uh, we, uh, 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 this is a better way of doing things. Where God says that that way is, is forward and strange, and y'all know how, how I get Proverbs 21, verse 8. Uh, again, Proverbs 21, verse 8, and it says, the, the way of a man is forward and strange. Let's get forward. Let's get the definition of forward. That our way of doing things to God is forward. When God created everything, he didn't ask that one man our opinion about what God calls good. He didn't ask any of us to give him counsel on what he considers to be evil. But he considers to be wrong. He didn't ask any any of us for our opinion that we might need that he's going that we're going to reveal to God something he's not seeing, something he's not considering, something he's not looking at, something he's not taking into consideration. Everything was already made by the time man was made on the earth and placed on the earth. It was already made, and God already put His stamp of approval on it. But He gave man free will. He gave us free will. Definition of forward. Forward from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Uh, this going to to, okay. Uh, definition of forward. Uh, perverse. That is turning from, uh, turning from, uh, with aversion or reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what is required. So when the scripture says the way of the way of man is forward, the way of man is not willing to yield or comply with what is required. The way of man is forward or the way of man is unyielding, ungovernable. Refactory, uh, refactory, 
disobedient, peevish, as a forward child. The, so the way of a man is disobedient, unyielding, ungovernable. I don't want to be told what to do. I got to discover it on my own. I want to do it on my own. This is how God looks at man. That in, when we're given a choice, and we are, we have free will, most of the times we choose to be unyielding to what God says is good. Most times I'm not going to be governed. I'm not going to let somebody tell me or be the boss of me, rule over me. I'm not going to do that. I ain't going to let somebody tell me that, that look, you're, you're a man like I'm a man. You're a woman like I'm a woman. You're an adult like I'm an adult. You do it your way, I'm going to do it my way. We'd be unyielding. We'd be reluctant. We're not willing to yield or comply with what is required. And, and, and in the eyes of God, our way of doing things, God says is strange. To him, the things that we come up with, the choices that we make, to him is strange. Like yeah. Like you have to have them in the garden. Who told you to eat? Did you eat of, the, of, 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 did you partake of the tree that I told you not to partake of? Who told you you was naked? Who told you that, 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 that the way you was doing things was wrong? Then now you're ashamed to do things the way I told you to do things. Now you're ashamed? Who told you that? So strange. Foreign. Belonging to another, uh, this is another country. That way of doing things is, 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 is belonging, it don't belong to God. The choices that we come up with and choices that we make, how we look at things is strange. That's not belonging, that's not, it, a lot of things we do, is that according to God's perspective? It's not according to how God will put things together. It's foreign. It's strange. Uh, from the Webster's 1913 uh, dictionary definition, definition number four says it's backward. That the way that we as people, as men, as humans put things together is forward. It's unyielding is unwilling to comply with how God wants things done. It's reluctant to want to do things God's way, and it's strange. It's backward. It's not familiar. God don't recognize that, the things that we put together, that, that is not how he puts things together. It's not how he looks at things. God, God's way of, of, of doing things, looking at things, there's an order to how God does, does things. But to us, the way we do things, God says, y'all are strange. Coming back to the scripture, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8. The way of man is forward and strange. But as for the pure, his work is right. Gotta get the scripture. Two 
to the pure, right? To the pure. What does God consider pure? Wherewithal purified. When the Psalms chapter one nineteen verse nine, it says to the pure. From from Proverbs chapter twenty verse eight, it says, "But as for the pure, his work is right. His work, the way he's doing things, God says the pure is right." So how does a person get pure? From Psalms chapter one nineteen verse nine, it says, "Wherewithal uh, shall a young man uh, cleanse his way?" By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. So how is the young man going to cleanse his way or purify his way or be pure? By taking heed to God's word. So God says counsel before every endeavor. And God says in, in multiple counsel of safety. Uh, uh, God says seek and inquire. Before you do something. And that's what God's word says to do. And and to a person who does that, then that man, that person, the way they do things, their work that they do is going to be right in the eyes of God. They were humble. They submitted. They killed their pride. They didn't, didn't just go with their own opinion. They can be straight. They can be cool. So, again, from Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8, going back now to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8, the way of man is uh, forward and strange. But as for the pure, his work is right. And we also, you know, we have Titus chapter 1, verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. That person who is listening and doing things according to God's righteousness, then your work is going to be the right work. What you're putting together is going to be right in the eyes of God. When we go to uh, the book of John, chapter 3. As I pull pull it up here. All right, we'll go to John chapter three, verse eighteen. It says, 
And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So the first one condemn themselves and not want to bring these out because, and therefore condemned because their work is evil. It's not pure. They ain't been following God's word. They ain't been getting no counsel. Uh, they, 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 it says, what are him that's alone? Because if he follows it, nobody helps him up. Another scripture says, do not lean to your own understanding. But a lot of, this is what this world promotes. Do on your own. You're an adult. Don't ask. Don't give nobody power over you. Don't, don't, don't let nobody see you weak. Don't let nobody think that they, they got an advantage over you. Um, only nice guys finish last, which, you know, he doesn't do it to the end, the same should be said, which is a good thing. But it's that mentality that a person will be condemned. I'm not going to seek counsel to make sure I'm doing things that my work and what I'm doing is right in the eyes of God. I'm going by what I feel is right. Well, I'm going to ask um, uh, somebody who thinks like I think, somebody who agrees with the way I put things together. St. John chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, For everyone that uh, doeth evil hated the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. I don't want to bring, I don't want to counsel and let people know what I'm really thinking. I don't want to counsel, I don't want to really reveal what, how I'm really putting things together in my own mind because it's going to seem strange. It's going to seem weird. It's going to seem foreign. It's going to be backward. And I don't want nobody looking at me that way, so I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do things on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a notion. I'm going to get a thought in my head. I'm going to just run with it. Okay? Verse 21. All right, but he that doeth light cometh to the light. I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter, St. John chapter 3, verse, verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. I'm going to come to the light. I'm going to bring everything out. I'm going to bring out how I'm thinking. I'm going to bring out how I'm looking at things. And I'm, I'm bringing it out ready and, and open to be corrected, ready and open to be shown my way is wrong, not to prove I'm right, but to be shown I'm wrong, that, my, that that's not a pure way of looking at things that the way I'm looking at it is strange. That the way I'm looking at it is forward. It's not right. It's not proper. When it comes to how God does things. Come on. Forgive me, brother. All right, cool. So, what am I now? Um, you know what? I'm going to end it right there. I'm going to end today's class right there. And, uh, I'm going to pick this up tomorrow. If the Lord said the same, 
I'm going to pick this up tomorrow with, with tomorrow's class. I'm going to pick up over this stuff right here and, 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 and continuing this and, and continue with this, with this, uh, with this topic. I can continue with it with this series that, that, that we're in right now. Yeah, that, this, is a, this is a good place to end it. This is a good place to end for today. All right, brothers and sisters. Uh, with that, I'm going to say uh, to Wada, uh for tuning in. Let me see where I'm at. Yeah, we, we got less than two minutes. I, I, I'm going I'm to end this one right here. All right. Uh, shout outs to, to, to the 12 tribes worldwide. Shout outs to all the brothers and sisters that might be listening that um, and are endeavoring, that are endeavoring to to, to uh, and, and striving to to do things right in the eyes of the Father. Um, that that we no longer want to be that that degenerate, estranged plant to God. That we want to be that honorable, noble plant in the eyes of God. Um, that noble seed, that righteous seed. That we're doing things the right way. All right. Um, tonight being Tuesday, again, check out ISBHBK. Um, our YouTube channels from San Antonio, um, uh, Houston, or uh, Norfolk. Uh, the teacher's definitely out there. Uh, get the class. If there's, if, if there's a class open and available, uh, go check them out. All right? So, with that, brothers and sisters, uh, tune in tomorrow. All right, we're going to continue this. Um, but my thoughts, not your thoughts, part two, uh, tomorrow. So with that, I'm going to say shalom. Yahweh is one.